Hi, and welcome to the Mastery Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt, and today we're going to talk about this connection between beliefs and behaviors. There's this really intricate interconnection between behaviors and beliefs. So there's this couple that went to India, and they saw this elephant, this gigantic elephant tied to a skinny rope in a, in a wooden stake in the ground. And they were so confused how this huge elephant was just tied down by this very skinny, skimpy rope. So they asked their tour guide, they said, you know, I, I don't get it. Like, what what's going on with this picture here? And the tour guide said to them that this elephant, when it was a very tiny elephant when it was a baby was tied to the same exact rope and stake on the ground but the stake and rope was much stronger than this elephant was and as a baby the baby kept trying to escape but couldn't escape so eventually over time this elephant learned that the stake and this rope was much more stronger and powerful than this elephant was So what the tour guide was alluding to is essentially a a term that we call in psychology, learn helplessness. And learn helplessness is when a person or animals, when they become conditioned to believe that the situation is much more greater than they are, that the situation is unchangeable or inescapable. So they have this belief that they become helpless and hopeless. And this term was coined by Martin Seligman. He's the father of positive psychology out at University of Pennsylvania. And before he got into the field of positive psychology, he studied, his extensive research came from depression and this helplessness and hopelessness. And he found that the people that eventually become depressed in life all suffer from a condition called learned helplessness. And he realized that um, he found out this, that he coined this term from a study he did with dogs. So right now, this, this study is completely unethical. But just imagine he, he took dogs and he uh, rang a bell and then shocked them. Rang a bell and then shocked them. And, and then he took an, uh, another, you know, controlled study with dogs, rang a bell and did not shock them, rang a bell and did not shock them. And then he made this box where one side of the box had a shock that came from underneath uh, the floor. The other side of the box was no shock at all, just was safety. And in between these two sides, he put a small little barricade where the dog can easily jump over to the other side. And so he took the controlled study of dogs that did not experience the shock after hearing the bell. He took them and put them on the side of the shock. And he would ring the bell, and all of a sudden, the, the shock would come from underneath their feet and the dogs that never experienced the shock before freaked out and they just jumped to the other side to safety. Now, he took the dogs, 
that experienced the shock before, and he put them on that side of the box where there's a shock, and he rang a bell. And as soon as the dogs heard the bell, it was very interesting what the dogs did. They hunkered down, they laid down, and they experienced the shock. And they just sat there experiencing the shock after shock after shock, not doing anything. Because previously they have learned that whenever they heard the bell, they were inevitably going to get shocked. So they developed this belief that this situation, this condition was unchangeable, inescapable. And that's when he learned, or that's when he coined the, the term learn helplessness, which eventually leads to depression in life. Now, this, this connection that we have between our beliefs, this, this limiting self-beliefs or any type of beliefs will eventually lead to our behaviors. But there's also research done that behaviors can also lead to our beliefs. What we do and how we act will also influence what we believe. So here's an interesting story. And this is a true story. There, there's this very successful entrepreneur who developed a, a line of entrepreneur magazines, business magazines, and created a multi-million dollar company. And he was being interviewed and, and he was recounting his life. He was telling a story about his life, his upbringing. And he was telling the audience that, you know, I was a high school dropout. I really wasn't good at much. And I didn't apply myself with school. I wasn't that smart. Um, I hung out with the wrong crowd. I, I, you know, I did drugs and didn't even attend class. And he grew up in a single family home where his mom was doing everything and raising two kids. And he was the older brother of two kids. And, and the mom got sick and, and made a promise to her son and, and said, son, can you please just take the SATs for me? And the, the son said, sure, I'll, I'll take the SATs. He didn't even know what the SATs were, but he promised his mom that he would take it. So he looked it up and, and he realized it was a standardized test. And, and you and I both know that, that what SATs are and that, you, you know, whatever score you get, um, it's out of 1600. And, and so he took this test and he came out and he got a 1400 on his results. And he ran home and he told his mom, he said, mom, mom, look, I got, I got a 1400 out of 1600. And the mom knowing her son said, you know, son, <laughs> there's no way. How, how did you cheat? What did you do? And the son was completely honest and said, mom, I tried to cheat. Like literally I tried to cheat there, but the people around me were so far away. I couldn't even look over and, and cheat. And they had these like Scantron bubbles where I was filling things out and there was no way for me to cheat. I really got a 1400. So, so after this score that he received, he started to ask himself different questions. Okay. So what does a 1400 do? All right. I, I better go to class. So he started attending classes and he had no idea what was going on, but he started paying attention and, and listening and then he started raising his hands and, and asking questions to his teachers and engaging in class and, and even doing his homework. 
And the teacher started acknowledging him and noticing him and said, wow, maybe maybe we um, uh, neglected him or ignored him. And, and wow, okay. So his grades were so bad, but he was able to pull it together and he finished high school and went to a two-year community college. After a two-year community college, he then transferred over to a four-year university And then he got his MBA from an Ivy League school. And then 13 years later, he developed this business and became a multimillionaire. And he's there uh, recounting his story to this interviewer, this, um, you know, on this panel. And he was telling a story that 13 years later, I got a piece of mail and it was from the Princeton Review. In the Princeton Review, they do an audit of the SAT scores every single year. And so he opened up this letter, uh, not knowing what it was. And this letter said, you know, we're regretful to inform you that the year that you took your SATs, we actually sent you the wrong score. Your score is actually 740 but we sent you someone else's score of 1400. Now, that moment, the interviewer asked this man, so did your life change after you got that 1400? And he said, no. My life changed the moment I started acting like a 1400. And you see, this man was never a 1400. He was always a 740, but he acted like a 1400. And because he acted like a 1400, he started to believe that he was a 1400. He asked the crowd in that moment, he said, I don't know what you all are doing in life. You might be athletes. You may be entrepreneurs. You might be CEOs. You might be single parents. Do you act like a 740? Or do you act like a 1400, regardless of what you are? Because your behaviors influences your beliefs. There's a strong correlation, a strong connection between our beliefs and our behaviors. And vice versa, our behaviors to our beliefs. So how you act and how you show up to whatever situation that is in front of you will determine the ultimate outcome of that event. So whether you first address your beliefs or whether you just start to behave and act the way you ideally want to be, they influence each other. There's a strong connection between one another. So my, my suggestion and a piece that I would like to, uh, to share with you is, is this. Confidence is an action. Confidence is not necessarily a feeling you wait around for. Confidence is something that you do. It's a behavior. And the more that you can behave confidently, Showing up to a situation and saying to yourself, I got this. I'm going to do this. And go all in. 
acting like you've already won or acting like you've already got the deal. Just do the behaviors and see what follows. So give that a shot. Remember, confidence is an action. Confidence is a behavior that you you can do right now, regardless of how you feel. Thank you for joining me on the Mastery Mindset Podcast. I look forward to connecting with you again. Please uh, subscribe to our channel, uh, Mastery Mindset Podcast with Dr. Matt, and we'll continue these conversations in Season 2 about connection.